Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. And you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Dear God, you have blessed us again with uh, just a wonderful place to come and worship. So we pray that as your word is proclaimed, that you guide us and lead us so that we may share the love that we have so graciously received through, through Jesus Christ with others. And we ask now that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Well, uh, when I got here last year, uh, this church was in the middle of something called Healthy Church Initiative. And this is a, kind of a three-year process, although uh, we're in the point now where we take what we have learned and we're, we're moving forward with it. Uh, before I got here, there was a time of reading and, and some meetings, and then last year we were putting together all of this, this paperwork and, and forms and, and kind of discerning where it was that God was calling us to go as a congregation. And I was ready to do all of this because the, my previous appointment two years ago, we did all of this stuff together. But I can tell you now that I'm more excited than I was then because now I know that as a church, we move forward together. And we got this year on forward to continue the work that was started two years ago. See, it all revolves around a mission. And that is a mission that we have as Christ's body. Now, this mission isn't one that we came up with. This mission is the official mission of the United Methodist Church, but it's not one that the United Methodist Church came up with either. This is a mission that we get from Matthew 28. I invite you to read this with me. It's up on the screen. Would you please join me? Make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Now, we monkeyed around with the last part of it, but the, the main part is that we as a church are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's the what. What are we called to do as a body? Now, when we have that mission statement, it can get kind of confusing exactly how do we do that? How do we make disciples? Well, that comes down to the point of where we need to ask the how question. And that's what a vision is. The vision of the church is the how do we fulfill the mission that we have. To start this process off after we approve the prescriptions, and the first one was establishing our vision, we gathered together a group of, I think, about 12 to 14 people, and we sat around with uh, Reverend Keith Head, and he guided us through this process where they came up with four individual or uh, draft mission statements or vision statements. 
And then a group of, of laity, uh, Cherie Wyatt, uh, April Payne, uh, Jay Chesser, and Nancy Summers and I, we sat down and looked at the four visions or the four draft visions and we discerned what God was calling us to do. And this is the vision that we came up with. I invite uh, to be up on the screen and invite you to read with, the, with me our new vision. Be gods, you belong here, worshiping together, serving with heart, and growing in faith. Very simple, but very profound that we are called to do these things. This is how we as First United Methodist Church of Royce City will make disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, I know you all can see on the screen, but uh, somebody told me in the first service to make sure that I clarify that that be gods, there's an apostrophe in there. So we're not, we're not talking about becoming gods ourselves, but belonging to God. That's what we're called to do. We are called to belong to our heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Now, if you have received any type of communication from me, whether it be an email or a card or, or a group email, you'll see that I have used over the years that moniker for my signature to be God's to be one who belongs to God. I wish I could take the credit that that's something I came up with, but it's not. Uh, there's an artist who I had the pleasure of going to school with in, in my undergraduate at Fringe University by the name of Rich Mullins. And when Rich Mullins would sign autographs, he would use that phrase, to be God's. Like one of the albums that he signed for me, he would say, are you in my conducting class, be God's, Rich Mullins? It was his reminder to say that we are not our own, that we belong to the one who created us, who, who loves us, who gave us life. This picture is from a uh, biography of his called An Arrow Pointing to Heaven. And this is one of my favorite pictures because Rich is standing there with his arms down to the side. And Jimmy Abeg, who took this picture, he explained what was going on, that they were out in this beautiful uh, countryside. And Jimmy said, hey, Rich, put your arms up. And he said, what, like this, like Jesus? And, and Jimmy said, no, put your arms down a little bit to form an arrow. And he said that Rich was an arrow pointing to heaven, or Rich was always an arrow pointing to who God was. Whatever I think about being God's or belonging to God, that's what we're called to do. When we make disciples, we are called to point the way to God through Jesus Christ. And that's something that I grew up with. I grew up with this even before I knew Rich Mullins. My mom and dad and, and put that inside of who I was before we would leave the house. And I may have told this story before, and sorry if I have. But before we left the house, mom and dad would always corral us together. And they would say, now, Christopher and David, you know whose son you are, don't you? 
And we would kind of roll our eyes and go, yeah, we're the son of Glenn and Francis Everson. And mom would always give me this little look that she always gives. I still get this look from her. <laughs> and she would give me this look and said, no, you are a child of God. You belong to God. So that's what our, that first part of our vision. So over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about how we can be gods through worship, through serving, and through growing in our faith. So we also can be arrows pointing to our Heavenly Father, the one who has given us life and life abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our scripture this morning gives us a picture of belonging to God and the love that God has for us. And I invite you to join with me. We're going to read responsibly this psalm, Psalm 145. And I'll read the lighter passages, and I invite you to join in the dark passages. Would you please join with me? I will lift you up high, my God, the true King. I will bless your name forever and always. The Lord is great and so worthy of praise. God's greatness can't be grasped. They will talk all about the glorious splendor of your majesty. I will contemplate your wondrous works. They will rave in celebration of your abundant goodness. They will shout joyfully about your righteousness. The Lord is good to everyone and everything. God's compassion extends to all of his handiwork. They speak of the glory of your kingdom. They talk all about your power to inform all human beings about God's power and the mad majestic glory of God's kingdom. The Lord supports all who fall down. Straightens up all who are bent low. All eyes look to you, hoping and that you will give them their food right on time, opening your hand and satisfying the desire of every living thing. God shows favor to those who honor him, listening to their cries for help and saving them. The Lord protects all who love him, but he destroys every wicked person. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thanks be to God. Amen. You belong here. Aren't those great words? 
you belong here. Each and every one of you has been given a specific gift or a specific talent that helps build up the body of Christ. Sometimes we can't feel that. Sometimes we don't feel that way, don't we? Sometimes we feel like that we really don't matter that much. Sometimes we feel like that the gifts that we have really aren't useful. But one of the things we wanted to make clear in our vision is that if you're seeking, if you're wondering, if you have any doubt in your mind, you belong here. This is where God has called you to grow in your faith, to use those gifts and talents that God has, has planted inside of you to further God's kingdom here on earth. See, this isn't a new concept. If we went all the way back to the beginning of Scripture, to the book of Genesis, we have the creation story where, where Adam is created out of the dust and he's formed and God starts this parade of animals that God has created, and Adam's naming them off one by one, and then things are done. But something is missing. There is something that, that quite isn't there yet, so we hear in Genesis 2, 18, that it is not good for the man should, that the man should be alone, I will make him a helper, his partner. Now we know that this story talks about the creation of Eve and talks about the beginning of this marital covenant, but when we look at the body of Christ and we look around this room and we look at the other service and those who are away on vacation right now, we know that each and every one of us are a partner in the word, of sharing the word of God with our community and with our world. It is a call to remind us that we belong together. Again, as I said before, not so we boast about how great we are, but so that we can then share our gifts with others. It's important to know that that we have a place where we can dig deep into our faith. It is good to know that there is a place where we can be who God has created us to be. When I take a look at the Gospels, when I took a, take a look at how Jesus interacted with the world around him, Jesus was very clear in talking about belonging. When some people wanted to exclude and keep certain people out, Jesus was there. No, they are mine, and they belong to me. One of the early stories is when Jesus is having a teaching moment, and there are some children who are running around and causing a ruckus. The disciples do their best to kind of quadrant off the kids so that they're not bothering the master. And Jesus grabs one of the children and says, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of heaven. 
that that is such an important part of belonging, to, to allow the little ones to come and, and experience what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's why I can't wait for this week, for, for vacation Bible school, for the 60-plus kids that will be here in this room, showered by your love and affection, and most importantly, showered by the love of a God who loves them in such a powerful way that Jesus came for them as well. Jesus showed his love for sinners. In Luke 7, a woman burst into a dinner that Jesus is having with a Pharisee. And she's crying and she's, she's weeping and she goes over to Jesus and cries on his feet and wipes his feet clean with her hair and anoints his feet with oil. And the Pharisee looks at Jesus and says, how dare you welcome her? Don't you know who she is? If you were the master that you said you are, you would know how bad of a sinner she is. Jesus goes on to tell a parable about a man who was given an opportunity to be forgiven of a lot of debt. And he gave, uh, he forgave so freely. And he looked at the Pharisee and said, when I came here, you didn't do anything. You didn't even anoint my head. And she has not stopped crying. And she has not stopped blessing me. And he said, surely, woman, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisee was just astounded that Jesus was able to do this. And then Jesus gives the woman these words. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You know as well as I do, probably people that you love, that you care about, who don't want to come inside the doors of a church because they feel like they are so worthless. That there is absolutely no way that a God or the church will accept them because of their past sins. But you know as well as I do that we're all sinners in need of grace and that when we come to a loving and gracious God, the sins that we commit and the sins that we, we ask forgiveness for, they are forgotten as far as from the east as to the west. So it doesn't matter what you have gone through. It doesn't matter what may be holding you back. There is a God who loves you and cares for you and calls you to belong to a community that accepts you how you are and helps you to grow in your faith. Jesus hung out with outcasts, and he told the outcasts that they even belonged. It could have been a tax collector. It could have been a prostitute. It could have been a person possessed by demons. Jesus was out teaching along the Sea of Galilee, and there was a man who came forward who had a bunch of demons inside of him, and they called himself Legion. And Jesus cast those demons out of this man. And the man wanted to follow Jesus over and over again and wanted to, to hop into the boat. But Jesus said, no, you belong, but you, are, you belong to go home to your friends and tell them, 
how much the Lord has done for you and have mercy on you. See, part of belonging is being able to tell that story that has changed your life, that story that has, has called you to belong as one of God's children. Growing up in the church that uh, we attended as a family, there was a time where uh, during the close of the service, the acolytes were walking forward in their liturgical robe and with the, with the candle abra stick, and they were going to extinguish the candles for the worship service. Well, that particular Sunday, we had a mentally handicapped young man attending the service. And as the acolytes were walking up to the, to the altar, this young man ran up in front of them and started to blow out each candle before the acolyte could get to it. And the acolytes were sat there with, with looks of fear in their eyes. But our pastor, Pastor Tom, he slowly walked up to the altar and stood there patiently as the young man was blowing out the candles. And when he blew out that last candle, he gently put his arm around his shoulder, and they walked down to the front of the altar area. And Pastor Tom raised his hand, and he gave the benediction. And together, they walked down the center aisle to the back of the church. See, Pastor Tom knew that that young man needed to know that he belonged there. That, that he had a place where he could grow in his faith. That he was accepted to be a part of our church. He could have easily asked an usher to come and usher the young man out of the church. But no, it was a statement saying that all are welcome to be a part of God's family. To grow, to explore, to, to understand who God is is. See, as a community, we can embrace this news that we belong here. And we can embrace those promises that we read in our scripture this morning, that the Lord is close to everyone who calls on him and to all who call on him sincerely. The Lord supports those who fall down and straightens up all who are bent low. My hope and my prayer is that over these next four weeks, as we see, not only, as we not only talk about our, our vision, but as we see examples in front of our own eyes, that we can know that we are accepted. Not because of anything that we've done, but we are accepted through the love and grace of Jesus Christ, the one who died for us to give us life abundantly. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, as we know about the love that you have given us, and as we begin this exploration of how to live out 
the call that you have placed on us to make disciples. Help us to know that we belong to you. And help us to know that we belong here. And as a congregation, we are open for those to come to experience the love of God through our congregation. Help us to know the call on you. Help us to be a light that shines in the darkness around us. For God, we lift this prayer up to you. In Jesus' name, amen.